my pleasure to be joined again by our governor, Ned Lamont, stopping by for a visit this morning to talk about all things going on in Connecticut. And we'll get down the road to what the governor will be doing on the 4th of July, but let's just say he's coming to town. Governor, good morning. Thanks for joining us for today. And well, I don't like starting with bad news, but yeah, price is high, especially on gas. And everybody's asking why the diesel fuel tax increase of 9.1%. Was this the right time to do that? Uh, good morning, Wayne. Um, no, but it's a, a law that was uh, passed by the legislature, uh, didn't get changed in the last session. So I'm afraid it's automatic. But uh, pulling the clock back just for a second, um, we're the third straight in the co- state in the country to have a, a gas tax break, 25 cents, goes back a few months, goes till uh, December 1st. We do have uh, not a great solace, but um, cheapest gas in the region. And uh, our diesel is less expensive. I worry a little bit if all, if all you do is cut the diesel, a lot of that goes right to the middleman and big oil. So instead, what we wanted to do is give money to people. Uh, so it doesn't go to the middleman. Um, so it doesn't go just to the truckers, big truckers. So that's why we got the property tax, the car tax, um, the other tax cuts that we're putting in place, and they kick in in less than uh, three weeks. As a matter of fact, Connecticut and the other two states were ahead of the curve on that taking out that uh, state excise tax. Do you hear now that other states may be eventually following suit? Yeah, I've been, um, a lot of governors have reached out to me because what they all worry about, which is very legitimate, is uh, if you cut the gas tax, does that go to the motorist who's filling up at the pump or does that go to ExxonMobil or somebody else? And it looks like in Connecticut that most of it went to the um, the person filling up at the pump. I mean, our gas um, prices went down um, quite a bit after the gas tax cut. Unfortunately, they went back up again given all the other world market issues. Now, coming up next week, we have July 1, the new fiscal year in Connecticut. And one of the stories in the news today is about the great retirement there with 4,400 people that are going to be stepping down. 3,000 have already done it. Just to address that and how that affects the way the state does business and how you go about filling those positions. Well, first of all, we had worried that there was going to be the gray tsunami, if you remember that, and uh, we were going to have, um, you know, seven, eight, nine thousand people retire leading up to um, July 1st. It looks like uh, the good news is it'll be much less than that. Uh, maybe uh, 1,500 or so have said since our last um, statement um, as we get closer to July 1st. We've hired more people than we ever have as well. So I think from a balancing point of view, um, we're, we're keeping up. We're not, um, we're not exceeding expectations, but we're keeping up in terms of making sure all the key jobs are filled and we don't miss a beat. I'm guessing in those stats that have come out of the news the last couple of days, lifeguards are not in them. Where do things stand as far as lifeguards in the state? Because that's a serious problem right now for the folks who want to get out in the water. Yeah, we got July 4th coming up and... Um, Look, Wayne, everybody's more expensive. You know, if lifeguards were, um, you know, $13 an hour um, a year or two ago, uh, then they went up to 15 We said, okay, minimum wage, that's good. I think we're hiring now. I think we're hiring at $17 an hour, and I think we're going to have our full complement of lifeguards for the fourth. Fingers crossed. I touched on the new fiscal year starting on July the 1. Just single out one or two other areas that you think will be having an effect on the general public. I think that the um, 
child tax credit, which is going to um, be $250 to $750. That'll be a check you'll receive uh, by the end of the summer. I think for those folks who have kids under the age of 18, that will make a big, big difference. And the other, on the other side, I think child care was one of the best investments um, we made with the legislature. Make it more widely available. Make it a lot less costly. Allow mom or dad to get back to work and make sure that kid has the very best start in life. Yeah, and speaking of the child tax rebate, you tweeted out, working and middle-class families deserve a break. One of the several ways we're providing relief is $250 per child tax rebates for a family with two kids. $500 means half a month of groceries. For a single mom means paying for child care. So does that work automatically? Do families have to apply for that? What's the paperwork? You do have to apply. I tried to find a way to make it automatic, but we don't have the numbers on people who had kids born in the last year. So uh, Mark Bouton, our commissioner, you know, said, look, we'll do this. You go to ct.gov DRS. You know, we've had at least, um, you know, many tens of thousands have already signed up. And you have another month to sign up for this. And I don't see any reason why you want to leave money on the table, especially given high inflation. We're doing what we can to help you out. Back at the end of May, you launched the 2022 Summer Reading Challenge, which begs the question, Governor, are you reading something this summer? Uh, I read a lot. I've gotten lazy in the sense that I uh, reread a lot of books. Uh, The one I'm reading right now, is, um, which I've not reread, is the story of Jack Welch, the man who broke capitalism, Neutron Jack. So for me, that's interesting. Obviously, Welch... um, you know, was here in Connecticut. He had GE here in Connecticut. And then uh, within a few years of him leaving, uh, GE uh, just imploded. And what was the most valuable company, uh, you know, in the world, or at least in this country, is now almost no more. That's a great answer. Now, this year's Summer Reading Challenge, the theme is Read Beyond the Beaten Path. Tell me about what this reading challenge is about and what that theme means. Um, look, you can uh, Zoom, you can social media, um, but um, reading opens your mind. And just don't read the things that make you comfortable. Read, you know, sort of things outside of your comfort zone, and uh, that really inspires the imagination. And I uh, I just talked to the kids, I don't know, a month or so ago online, and, um, you know, we've got tens of thousands of these kids making sure that they keep up and read whatever it is, a book a week this summer. The Senate close to passing a gun safety bill. Your thoughts on that? And it sounds like the feds are starting to catch up with Connecticut. I think that's exactly right. And uh, who better to tell that message than um, Dick Blumenthal and especially Chris Murphy going down there. We had Sandy Hook. Uvalde was just like Sandy Hook in too many eerie eerie ways, Um, uh, you know, starting with the uh, age group in the school. so I, uh, I'm really happy. I'm glad it was done on a bipartisan basis. It's gotten too politicized. You know, what we can do to keep those schools safer, what we can do to keep our communities safer, and um, getting the illegal guns off the street is a big part of that. And um, not the legal guns. Nobody's touching your legal guns, but we're just flooded with illegal guns and ghost guns. And in particular, I think that red flag law, which had support, is big. I mean, that kid in Uvalde telegraphed online over and over what he was going to do, and nobody responded. But we had that all along, didn't we? Yeah. 
We've had that um, uh, since the late 90s. We strengthened it um, in this last legislative session so that if a parent, a family member, um, uh, uh, a, a doctor says this um, kid is a, um, a risk to themselves, not to mention the community, uh, they can uh, assert for a, a, a red flag waiver so that they uh, can't get that done. The boyfriend loophole had been a stumbling block to the federal law, the, the Senate the consideration. Where do we stand? Where have we stood in Connecticut? Have we had that in place? I believe we have. Uh, what that what that means, Wayne, is um, you know right now if your ex spouse or something is uh, been accused and found guilty of domestic abuse, uh, they can't get a gun, and for good reason, I think. Uh, but um, now they said, how about if it's a very close intimate partner, boyfriend role, they always say, uh, can we uh, limit them being able to get a gun, at least on a temporary basis, under the uh, red flag ruling? And the answer is yes. In the last couple of weeks, you've uh, done some things regarding the Internet and data privacy. You've signed legislation enacting a comprehensive consumer data privacy law. How does that apply to me? How will that make my life better? It means, uh, for Wayne Norman, first of all, that um, you can opt out, meaning if you order something on Amazon and they sell that information that you really like, uh, that brand of shoes, and all of a sudden you start getting inundated with all these ads, hey, Wayne, get more shoes, you can opt out of that. And for a kid under the age, I think it's uh, 16, they have to opt in. They have to say, I want you to steal my information and target me with all that advertising. And if I don't opt in, you can't do that. Leave me alone. Now let's talk about open spaces. You've signed a $7 million, at least announced a $7.5 million in state grants to preserve over 1,000 acres of open space and renew green spaces in urban areas. Tell me more about that. I think it's one of the most important things we're doing long term. We're a very dense state, right? I know we're... um, and around Greater Willimantic, you've got more open space. But in other parts of the state, it's jammed. So this is our time to make sure that we have our um, uh, residential and commercial development sort of in those urban zones, and we do a better job of preserving farms, preserving open space, preserving greenways. You know, what I love about Connecticut personally is um, it's about a 10, 15-minute drive, and you can get to a great park or a hike. And uh, I do that all the time. And news from this week, President Biden intends to appoint Marilyn Malerba of Connecticut to serve as treasurer of the USA. You've had a couple of people from Connecticut who have gone on to the administration. Give me your thoughts about Malerba. Yeah, President Biden seems to like our Connecticut folks. Um, look at education, look at mental health, and now look at the treasurer of um, U.S., uh, you know, former Alexander Hamilton. Her name will be on every single dollar bill. And uh, here she is, the first Native American treasurer and from Connecticut. I think it um, is great. We lost a a powerhouse person in the last week, a couple of weeks, too, in Melody Curry, who when she was commissioner of motor vehicles, I had her on the air here as a morning show guest, but she was also commissioner of agriculture and administrative services, too. She just gave a lot to the state. Just give a few memories of Melody Curry. I love Melody Curry. I I, I didn't know her, but... This is about 15 years ago. Uh, I was not a big fan of the war in Iraq, you maybe remember. So we had a um, pretty feisty primary with Senator Lieberman, and nobody in the Democratic Party would touch me. I was kryptonite and um, official. 
And uh, then one day I got a call from Melody Curry. She said, uh, why don't you come to East Hartford? We'd love to hear what you have to say. And for me, you know, that's it. You know, she, um, despite politics and stuff, she stood up, did what she thought was right. She did that on behalf of the people of East Hartford. She did that over at DMV. She did that over at Administrative Services. She's a great citizen and a great mom. We'll miss her. All right, let's turn the page from news over to entertainment. On May 28th, you posted a photo with Billy Joel. What's the story behind that? <laughs> well, he came and uh, uh, played a, a concert in Fairfield County, and uh, people were very kind and invited me to meet him, which was, you know, I've been a Billy Joel fan since uh, forever. So we had a, a brief conversation. I, you know, I just said, Billy, you grew up in Long Island. I grew up in Long Island. I took piano lessons. You took piano lessons. Look at you. What did I do wrong? And and he um he he, he told a very funny story. If you don't give me uh, ten seconds, he said I started taking formal piano. He's really good. He had concert quality skills. And then he started riffing. He said, and all of a sudden the teacher and his mom would say that doesn't sound like Mozart to me, Billy. Uh, and he said it's my Mozart. And that's when he realized he had another gene that took him to the next level. Did you ask him to do a song called Connecticut State of Mind? Yes, <laughs> I did. What did he say? That New York State of Mind, and he said nothing rhymes with Connecticut. All right, we're saving the best for last. Tell me about your 4th of July plans, Governor. Oh, I don't know, Wayne. You know, there are a lot of really good options out there. I'm going to have to figure it out. But I do remember there's a little parade in, in Willimantic, if I, don't, if I remember correctly, and... Um, my hunch I'll probably do that for like the eighth straight year because it's the best parade in the state of Connecticut, the Boombox Parade. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you the 4th of July. And as always, thanks for your time this morning, Governor. Thanks, Wayne. That's Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, our guest on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.